Hello and welcome to Imagine America Radio, a service of the Imagine America Foundation and Imagine America Publishing Company. My name is Bob Martin. I'm the president and CEO of Imagine America Foundation. In the last 20 years, Imagine America has provided scholarship support and tuition assistance to students attending career colleges all across this country. The purpose of this podcast is to promote technical and career education and to inform the public of career opportunities that are not just in high demand, but essential to the American workforce. We hope you will enjoy today's podcast. This episode of Imagine America Radio is sponsored by Ambassador Education Solutions, your school's go-to partner for simple, effective, and affordable course materials. Ambassador helps schools get print and digital resources into students' hands quickly and easily. As more schools turn to inclusive access during these uncertain times, Ambassador automates the process for students, enables easy opt-in for publisher direct content, and helps schools comply with U.S. Department of Education requirements. Coming this June, Ambassador is launching its Next Generation Course Materials platform. Go to ambassadored.com for more information. Thank you, Ambassador. Joining us today on Imagine America Radio is Scott Shaw, President and CEO of Lincoln Tech. Lincoln Tech has 22 campuses located throughout the United States, and these campuses have been educating tomorrow's workforce since 1946 and are accredited by the Accrediting Commission of Career Schools and Colleges or ACCSC. Lincoln Tech trains its students to enter the workforce in automotive, skilled trades, health sciences, culinary, spa and cosmetology, and information technology career fields. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion with Scott Shaw, President and CEO of Lincoln Tech, discussing their COVID-19 reopening strategy. Joining us today for this edition of Imagine America Radio is Mr. Scott Shaw, President and CEO of Lincoln Tech. Lincoln Tech operates 22 campuses in 14 states throughout the United States. Today's topic of today's episode of Imagine America Radio is an update on Lincoln Tech's COVID-19 pandemic response strategy and Lincoln Tech's reopening schedule. The nation's governors have begun the process of opening the country's economy on a state-by-state basis. Since Lincoln Tech operates in 14 states, that means Lincoln Tech has to develop and implement 14 different state plans responding to the, the directive of the executive in that state. Scott, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate the opportunity. Let's start today's program by refreshing our audience on what Lincoln Tech has done to accommodate the current COVID-19 pandemic. Can you please explain Lincoln Tech's approach to maintaining good public health, protecting students and staff, and continuing to serve existing Lincoln Tech students. Scott? Uh, thanks, Bob. As, as you know, we've, we've moved everything from on ground to online, and that's how we're keeping everybody safe. And we're very proud of the organization, how they responded, and really proud of how engaged the students have remained as we've changed really what students have signed up for into a totally different environment. However, now what's exciting is that states are starting to open up and we have three campuses that opened up, frankly, just this week, with a fourth one opening up next week. And what's the challenge, though, is that each state has a different, a slightly different approach to how you, uh, we should be doing things, and the, the timing of when they open up is challenging. And then also within certain states, you can also have local municipalities that have additional regulations and rules that we have to follow. So 
fortunately, we have a, a group of uh, a team that we've put together that's staying on top of all these rules and regulations, and then sifting through that by state and by locality of what we need to do. And then those teams are, are sitting down with the campus presidents that happen to be in those locations, and they're working together to work out plans for bringing students back onto campus. And uh, it's not fully back onto campus as of yet, but instead what we're doing is initially bringing on students uh, who need to complete their education to graduate first. And that's kind of our test group of understanding how we need to operate because we need to be, uh, our number one priority is to ensure their safety and our faculty's safety and abide by all the local rules. So what we've had to do is staggered starts. We've, we've taken certain programs, let's just say use our Grand Prairie campus in Texas as an example, which opened up on Monday. The welding students have been broken into different groups and they might come in at seven o'clock, another group might come in at uh, 10 o'clock, another group might come in at uh, one o'clock, another group might come in at four o'clock. And they've kind of broken it down so that we remain within the right ratio and the number of people in the space. But we're very much focused on making sure that while the students are in school and enter campuses, they're getting specific skills that they need to master. So this has also been somewhat of a different approach for us. We've actually had to go back into our curriculum and look at by course, each course, what are the most important skill sets that students need to have, and then how do we focus the time that they're on campus to exercise and achieve those skill sets so that we can get them in, give them the training that they need, but then also get them out safely and kind of as quickly as possible. Scott, this is Bob again. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm envisioning a massive wall chart. I mean, that's what in my mind, I'm seeing a, a very yep. large whiteboard, a very large chart that just constantly changes every day. It does, and it's it's complicated because we're trying to gear up for certain campuses to open up, and literally every week, depending on what's happening in that state, sometimes we get more jubilant that things are going to open up sooner, and other times we have to start pulling back as things get delayed. And so there's a there are a lot of moving pieces taking place. And as I said, we just opened up the first group of schools this week, so that's really been our test case of trying to really figure out what is the best way to ensure that we're keeping people safe, reinsuring that they need to be wearing their masks. We are taking people's temperatures when they come into school. And if there's anyone that has a temperature that's too high, we're asking them to go to a, see a doctor and get some verification. Again, we're, we're, we need to be as cautious as possible. We don't wanna jeopardize anyone's health. And so we're trying to do this in a, a compliant way, but also in a way that gets students you know, back into the campuses. Uh, as quickly as possible. Okay, Scott, no, this is Lee. I'm talking to Scott Shaw, President and CEO of Lincoln Tech. Um, so what I think I hear you saying is that on a state-by-state -state basis and even more granular on a county-by-county county basis, uh, you're doing what you can to abide by what the executive in that state has that state to be able to do. So what I think I hear you saying is that you have students coming in on staggered hours, uh, to be able to get classwork done, you guys taking a look at your curriculum and deciding what is you know essential to make sure that the students are able to do before they graduate, um, and you're making sure that students have their mask. Maybe it's a limited number of students that can come in at a time. Can you just briefly outline for me, you know, what are some of the restrictions that you guys are putting in place uh, in in this reopening strategy, 
and what should students expect? Let's say I'm a student and I'm currently in school uh, and I'm in Grand Prairie, I think is the example you made. You know, are there certain hours of the day that I could go to school? How does that kind of work? Yes, so, uh, so the students are being told in advance when they should arrive at campus and when they'll be leaving. And so the directors of education and the deans have mapped out um, on large pieces of paper how each group is going to come in, where in the campus they will be, and what activities will they be doing just to make sure that things are coordinated. We're trying to keep students separate because there is that possibility that as this goes on, someone may come down with something and we wanna know clearly where in the building they were so we can make sure that uh, we can do extra cleaning there. We will wanna know who that student maybe was inter interacting with so we can notify those people if something were to happen. So we're trying to think through all the different challenges that may arise when we start bringing students back. But in short, students are, are being told when to come back they're being required to wear gloves. We're, we have posters and signs reemphasizing the need to wash your hands. We have indications to, uh, to keep students uh, ideally six feet apart as much as possible. We're having the proper student-teacher ratios as is mandated by the local rules. And uh, students are asked to basically stay in certain uh, sections of the school versus I'll say wandering uh, throughout the campus. So. It's not completely business as usual, but most importantly, it is giving the students that interaction with their faculty members and giving them interaction with the tools and equipment that we have and giving them those hands-on skills, which is why they came to us and are pursuing the career that they are. So at least we're able to move them forward through their education, but also keep in mind, they're still gonna be doing work online. Uh, we anticipate that this will be the way that we'll be operating, certainly, uh, you know, possibly through all of this year and who knows how much longer. We'll continue to have students working online, but we'll be bringing back more and more students onto the campus to do their hands-on portion um, so that they get the full experience and get the full uh, learning that's required for their careers. I see. So you sort of have a hybrid approach where... Uh, there's a, a little bit of a hands-on learning at the actual campus, but then there is also the online component. Is that right? That is correct. That's correct. Okay. And, and as I think you mentioned me, we were constantly monitoring this. I mean, to the extent that we're able to do more and more on the campus, we will certainly adjust what we're doing. But for the foreseeable future, it's going to be this definitely very hybrid model of coming to campus for hands-on work, going home, and doing online work. I got gotcha. you. Okay. And uh, let's say that, you know, I'm going to class, I'm swimming in, in staggered hours, groups that come in and groups that leave. Uh, what procedures is Lincoln Tech putting in place to make sure that classrooms and tools and equipment are effectively, effectively cleaned uh, for yep. a safe learning environment? Well, we definitely have increased our cleaning uh, process and our sanitization, sanitization process at the campuses. So after every, um, actually after every, group goes through, certain things are cleaned at that point, and then at the end of the day, the whole campus is scrubbed more thoroughly to make sure that things are, uh, are clean for the next groups of students that come in. But there will be much more cleaning throughout the day, especially on certain products or tools or equipment that gets touched a lot, um, that that will be uh, cleaned uh, periodically throughout the day as well to minimize any potential uh, contact uh, with 
the virus that someone may have brought in. Again, though we will be um, taping the, taking the temperatures of everybody. We'll also be asking all the students just to keep, let us know if you're feeling ill or not. I mean, it's in your best interest and the best interest of your fellow students that you, you don't come in in a day where you think there might be something that you know makes you uncomfortable. So um, we are trying to be as respectful of each other as possible, and yet still trying to make sure that the students can progress through their education. And, and like many of us who are you know, trapped at home at, during this period of time, you know, a lot of students are just so anxious to get back on the campus and frankly see some of their friends and interact with their, their faculty members. It brings a nice break to their day, uh, which has become for all of us a little bit repetitive. Yeah, I can, I can attest to that myself. I mean, honestly, I would be excited to get to campus too. Um, so, but let's say I'm a student and I'm a little uncomfortable uh, physically mm -hmm. attending the yep. class on campus. Is there an online options for students who may not feel completely comfortable or some sort of other uh, accommodation that might be made for them? Sure. So definitely if someone's uncomfortable, uh, they can definitely do, like all the other students, the online portion of their program. Depending on which program we're offering, we have developed and uh, simulations and um, uh, other methods for people to learn the skills and we've worked with our states and local accrediting agencies to approve these types of training so that if you're a medical assisting person or a dental assistant or especially in some of our healthcare sectors you can go and uh, and do these simulations which are done virtually on the computer to learn some of the skills needless to say it's not completely the same as doing it hands-on but it does give you great exposure and enables you to practice a lot of different things that we, we, pref we frankly were not offering from an online perspective. So with each passing week, we are trying to create more and more robust learning exercises for people and employ technology as much as possible in order to give them uh, a more um, uh, hands-on experience even when they can't have that hands-on experience. I understand. Okay, now let's talk about housing because I know Lincoln Tech offers yeah. students and yep. I know you're, you know, you're currently still enrolling new students. Um, so has the pandemic affected individuals and can I still sign leasing agreements even if I'm interested in, you know, attending your school, but I have to travel to get there. Um, yep. can you kind of tell me how this has sort of affected the housing. Sure. And, and so there's, there are different forms of, of housing. For, for the most part, students who come to Lincoln and relocate, they're going to get housing through a third party because we only have one campus, which is our Nashville campus, where we actually have housing right on the campus. So for those that are going to the third party, um, it's really kind of up to them to pick what housing makes them comfortable. Some students might opt for a single room and if they can afford that that's great others might want a double room and therefore they know what that means that they might have to be sharing a space with someone else so if a student both parties are, are acceptable of that and willing to do that uh, obviously that's out of our control so they can go ahead and do that and we just encourage them to make sure that they're washing their hands and doing other things for ourselves for our camp for our our um dorms that we have on our facility we're still working through that to be honest with you and most likely what will happen is that rooms that were typically to accommodate two people might now just become a one-person room which will then limit how many people we can accommodate on our facility 
Um, however, there's also other restrictions that come into play because uh, for the students that may be relocating from out of state, certain states have restrictions on students coming from other states. So for example, um, I believe in Texas, if you're coming from New York, for example, they want you to self-quarantine for two weeks. So that could be complicated. So you come, you move in, you, know, you have to stay in the dorm for two weeks before you come on campus. So it, it's something that we're still frankly working on. As of right now, for the campuses that we've reopened, uh, it's all the commuter students that are coming and we're working through the logistics of how to accommodate the housing students. But our expectation is we're gonna be uh, accommodating the housing students within the next uh, 30 to 45 days. Mm -hmm. We're talking to Scott Shaw, President and CEO of Lincoln Tech. We're getting a pretty thorough update on what Lincoln Tech has done and their commitment to making sure that they're, they're doing things in a very safe and responsible manner. Scott, what, we get, what we've gotten since we started doing these podcasts on COVID, there seems to be a common theme that we're hearing from schools, and that is that there actually have been some positive things that have come out of the current national crisis. I guess through all this chaos, we improve procedures, policies, whatever. Whether that might be establishing a stronger online admissions process or new school procedures, new classroom procedures, implementing new online learning techniques, whatever it might be, do you have any lessons that, that you can you could relate or, or new procedures that you would like to talk about that that you saw that has come out of this 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 horrible COVID-19 experience? Sure, and uh, I, I agree with the things you just touched on. So first of all, one of the greatest lessons I've learned is how uh, by giving direction to the campus and saying, this is what our challenge is, this is where we need to get to, and then allowing the people that are there on the, or I'll say on the ground, dealing with people day to day, the opportunity to figure out a solution to the problem, it's been far more effective and we've executed on it far more quickly than if we tried to, from a centralized perspective of a corporate, come up with a solution for all of our campuses out there. The, the people on the ground have really come up with very clever ways to do what they need to do to figure out who on their campus has the skill set to make engaging curriculum how to approach delivering that curriculum and keeping people engaged. And so that was one really great lesson uh, that, that we learned just from an operational standpoint. But then also what we've learned is that people are far more receptive to doing things uh, remotely, both from our employees' perspective, but also from our students. And so you mentioned admissions. And, our missions philosophy in the past had been, you need to come on campus to really see what we do from day in and day out. We've learned that while that's still true, coming on campus is a benefit, there are many students who get a really good picture of who we are and what we do and are very much willing to enroll with us without having to come visit a campus. And that's a good benefit to them. Because you know, it could speed up the process for them or it doesn't take up as much time in the whole enrollment exercise. Uh, we're also finding with technologies that we're able to share a lot more videos and pictures and things with students that again give them a good feel for what they'll experience while they when they come to a Lincoln school. Um, so that's been helpful. But on the education front, you know, everyone knows, I believe, that you know, some form of online learning is just going to be in everyone's lives going forward. 
because there are some really great aspects of online learning. The fact that you can do it when you uh, have the time and availability. The fact that you can have really multiple forms of teaching. You can have visual, you can have auditory, you can have visual and auditory. You can have stagnant pictures, you can have videos. You can really create very immersive interactive environments, which is a great way for a lot of, frankly, hands-on learners to, to, to um, get acquainted with material. And so as we've started to, uh, well, as we've been forced to move to this modality, we are learning every day ways to improve the delivery of education with our, our final goal is really how do we make it more exciting, more interesting, more informative, and more effective for students to learn and we will end up taking the best of both worlds of the on ground and online going forward and make that part of who we are and what we do um, to, throughout the organization. And, and you know, needless to say, I think we, and we all know the, the benefits, especially in our healthcare side, we have a lot of single mothers. Um, they're, they're finding the flexibility of doing a class online to be tremendous, especially if a child is sick or something of that nature, they're just not distracted or, or forced not to come to school because they're trying to deal with another situation. And instead, it lowers their cost of education. It enables them to continue their education so there's less chance of interruption. Uh, you know, students also you know, talk about how they don't have to commute in a day uh, to school. And some of our students might be driving an hour to get to school. That saves them time. Yeah. So there, there are really some real benefits uh, to the students. And as long as we are moving the education forward and making it more robust and not taking away from the education, uh, we will definitely move in that direction. Wow, you've really encapsulated. I I, as you know, Scott, from talking with me before, I'm big on lists, and this is what I heard from you. And this, this was what I would call your kind of, the Scott's lessons from this. I heard empowering. In other words, if the first, the first the lesson you brought through was you were very happily surprised or, or you yep. were very happy with the level of responsiveness on the operation side when you empowered the local campuses to do certain things. You gave them the direction of what you wanted to do. You gave them the authority and responsibility and you let them just do it. I, that's Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's what I heard. No, right? yeah, we did coordinate things from corporate and we looked to, you know, no, no, take I get best it. practices. I get it. I get it. Absolutely. I, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that big, I'm seeing that big wall chart. I'm seeing, I'm seeing that. The second thing I heard is that you were, you were pleasantly surprised with the people, whether it's staff or students, very responsive or more responsive to change. In other words, change can be your friend. It, 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 it's an awful thing to go through, but, but change can be a very good thing too. Correct. I was just going to say that, you know, change is very difficult. And uh, as I've said other times, if we as an organization had tried to plan this out and move in this direction, uh, we probably still would have been arguing over it. Or, or could we could we get there? Oh, I know. And, and in fact, within literally a week, people are already embracing it, and moving forward and trying to figure out how to, what's the next thing that we do. So, yeah, that, that, that was truly the most exciting aspect of all this. You know, Scott, it, as someone who's been around it a long time like you, I, I, it's another whole show. Which you, how long would it have taken you to implement the kinds of things that you've that you've had to imp, you've had to implement as a result of COVID? If you just went through your normal methodical business processes. Third thing I heard is that technology is your friend, and that even in even some of your programs that are that are heavily hands-on oriented, you can have a very serious technology 
integration in a hybrid that, that students are very responsive to. Is that fair to say? Absolutely, absolutely. And we're just touching what we can do there. And I think just in general education, just touching on what can do. I mean, we've already started to try to figure out how do we incorporate VR? Is VR a great opportunity for us? So it, it's, it's changing. It's going to change rapidly. It's, I think the changes are exciting and it's all designed around making it more engaging uh, for the students. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final thing I heard, I heard a lot of other things, but the other thing on the education side, online, the online learning has been extremely well received. Yeah. In other words, in the past, we, we worried whether or not kids were going were gonna, to were gonna, were gonna be willing to do these sorts of things. You find out now they are, right? Am yes. I right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say that there aren't some students, but it's been a very fr a small fraction of our students that just say, you know, I didn't sign up for this. This isn't right for me. Let me know when you're back to 100% on ground and I'll come to you. But that's really been, you know, five percent or less of the students. Others have been, you know, a little bit cautious, not quite sure they could do it. Uh, but um, now they see that they can do it and becoming far more receptive as well. This is not on the on the script, but this is another question. It, it, as far as is the way you see it, are you ever going to? Will Lincoln Tech ever go back to delivering the th education the way they delivered it pre-COVID? Do you see it there, or do you see I, I, it constantly moving and growing? I think we'll be we're moving and growing because we've been looking for yeah. ways, especially if we can help hold the cost of education down or ideally even lower yeah. the cost of education. And the only way to do that is with technology since we're people heavy. So it's, it's only gonna get better, I believe for us um, because of this. I mean, it's horrific that we've all had to go through this, but it should lead to um, a better product and a better experience for students at the end of the day. You know, a funny thing is, 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 is that I think, I think it's a good thing from the student standpoint. I think that they like to see you moving in this direction, moving to more technology-based stuff, a little more flexibility, computers, cell phones. I, I think that they're, they're going to be very, very receptive, continue to be very receptive to that. Yeah, I, I agree. And with each year, <laughs> even more so. Yeah. Hey, we've just had an outstanding conversation with Scott Shaw, President and CEO of Lincoln Tech, and we've been getting an update on the COVID-19 activities at Lincoln Tech plans and their reopening schedule. We'd like to commend Scott and Lincoln Tech for their proactive focus on student and staff safety. It is this type of forward-looking leadership that singles Lincoln Tech out as one of the truly student-focused institutions. Our thanks to Scott and Lincoln Tech for his time and thoughtful insight. This concludes our, this edition of Imagine America Radio. We want to thank our audience for taking the time out of their very busy schedules to, joy, to join us today and to listen to this episode. On behalf of my colleague, Lee Doubleday, and myself, please be safe and we'll talk to you again very soon. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Imagine America Radio. We hope you found it informative. For more information about future episodes and the Imagine America Foundation, you can go to our website, imagine-america.org forward slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts and to get information on the many programs offered by the Imagine America Foundation and Imagine America Publishing. Please subscribe today so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. For now, thank you very much for joining us and best wishes.